Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? I know that phrase is used a lot, but truly, when is enough enough? I get what it's like to feel this way. I truly do, which is why I'm so excited to announce the launch of my personalized wellness program, the Fatigue Blueprint Program. In it, you'll find three months of a comprehensive dive into your unique health history, foundational testing, functional blood lab testing, an education portal, video trainings, resources, and access to me for 90 days. I've created an exact roadmap to get your energy and your life back. At its core, this program addresses nutrient deficiencies, nervous system dysregulation, toxic load, low vitality with labs and advanced health data, all while approaching nutrition through the lens of blood sugar regulation, strength-based exercise, regulating and nourishing the nervous system, listening and tracking biofeedback, enhancing metabolic health, and advanced immune strategies. So if you are ready to crush chronic fatigue, balance your mood, reclaim your sleep, and experience a radical shift in your health, you can begin by applying at theholywellacademy.com backslash client dash application. Because walking is one of the best forms of exercise is that it's non-stressful, it's low intensity, it lowers blood pressure, regulates the nervous system, it regulates heart rate, and it is so good for the brain and the eyes to be exposed to normal, natural movement that is non-stressful and you're getting exposed to light exposure at the same time. Welcome to the Holy Well Podcast where we reclaim hope through holistic health and wellness. I want you to feel empowered to believe in your body. Start making choices that benefit your individual health needs and start to achieve your goals that lead to sustained wellness in mind, body, and spirit. This is a space where we can learn together how to live wholly well. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Holy Well Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Jack. Today, you are joining me for a solo episode with a huge announcement at the end, so be sure to stay tuned. Today, I want to talk all about the Holy Well rules. That's right. If you are a part of Holy Well, you are a part of a rule following group, I guess you could say. But what I want to really articulate is if you are here struggling with fatigue, hormones, mood and sleep imbalances. It is one big club and you need to be in it. What do I mean by that though? You know, I was thinking a lot about Holy Well and the direction that it has taken over the years and things that I've learned and unlearned and relearned. And I want to really focus on more, not less. I think I was raised in the 80s. And if you're an 80s baby, you know that chronic dieting, chronic lack, and taking out was the focus. So instead of focusing on less, I want to focus on more. That's right. What can we put in our lives that give us more, give us more energy, give us more fuel, give us more balance hormones, better mood, more sleep, not less. And unfortunately, that's what the chronic dieting cycle has done to us. It takes away leaving us with less, less energy, less fuel, way wrecked hormones, less mood balance, less sleep. So I'm here to tell you that if you are doing the same things that you have done for years upon years and you are just not feeling it and you've 
barely can get out of bed. You are raging around your period. You have like a very short fuse and your sleep sucks. You need to listen to this episode. So today we're going to talk all about the holy well rules. If you struggle with energy, if you struggle with imbalance hormones, if you struggle with bad mood, if you struggle with bad sleep. First, we're going to talk about chronic dieting. I think it's, you know, we're not shocked here that dieting creates deficiencies. So if you are chronically dieting, you've got to figure out a way to get back to middle, meaning start fueling yourself. Diets suck. They don't serve a really good purpose unless you're wanting to lose five pounds really fast. And then you're going to suffer for a couple of months because your body does not do well in a long-term deficit. So that's rule one. Really rethink how you are approaching your plate. How are you approaching your food? There is a huge wave of change happening within this space and women in general. And we want to feel nourished. We want to feel energetic. We want to feel strong. We are not skinny, lethargic string beans anymore. We want to be vibrant. And I am so excited that this is changing. But if you have not gotten on this ride yet, I'm going to break it down for you because I think it's a lot simpler than a lot of people make it. It's just if you are willing to put in the right changes and be consistent. Time compounds, right? Compounds equal success. So if you're willing to do the boring things and show up every day, you're going to see the change. That's the problem with the diet culture is it's very, very attached to the now better more. There is nothing worse than that mentality because it drives how we consume quite literally and figuratively. So that is one big thing that I want to touch on is how are you eating? Are you eating from a place of lack? Are you eating from a place of wanting to feel nourished, vibrant, strong libido, strong sleep, balanced mood, awesome balanced hormones? And if you're saying no to any of these things, I'd be a little worried. But we're going to break it down in today's episode, and I'm so excited. So that's rule number one is more, not less. We have focused on less for way too long, and it's time to focus on more because sometimes more can really equal better. And I'm here to tell you that I'm living proof of that. Second would be no more black coffee and running on caffeine. Instead, I want you guys to try a fun, delicious coffee drink called the Vanilla Cloud Coffee. It's hormone balancing, it's nourishing, it balances your blood sugar, and it's just downright delicious. So this is it. This is all you got to do. In the morning, you're going to grab a fork or a whisk, and you're going to lightly blend one egg, raw cream, a dash of vanilla extract, sea salt, I love Crucial 4's sea salt, and a dash of maple syrup. I also have recently started adding Crucial 4's pearl powder to this little concoction. Oh my gosh, guys, it is so good and so high in minerals. You don't have to have that though. So just the original recipe is one egg, raw cream, a dash of vanilla extract, sea salt, and maple syrup. Add it to your coffee 
Y'all, this is like a meal meets coffee meets just the most delicious like egg custard coffee you will ever have. And the best part about it is it does not wreck your hormones. So if you know me and you've been hanging out with me on Instagram for a really long time, you know I'm incredibly passionate about eating food before you consume coffee. And the reason being is it wrecks your hormones. So if you are drinking coffee in a fasted state, it is going to increase cortisol. It's going to increase adrenaline. And this is going to eventually burn out your adrenals. Instead, what if we can make a nourishing coffee concoction that balanced our hormones, that balances our adrenals, that fuels us so we're not running on pure adrenaline and pure pure cortisol? The second is blue, or I'm sorry, this is actually third rule, blue light exposure. Light is good. We focus on all these bad things. Blue light's bad. Blue light's bad. The reality is, no, it's not. It's actually incredibly helpful if you use it in the right dosing at the right times. So what does blue do? Blue actually wakes you up. It raises cortisol, which you want because melatonin needs to go down in order for you to feel energetic in the morning. So what we don't want to do is increase blue, increase blue light exposure at night, right? Blue light exposure is best in the morning because it raises cortisol and it tells melatonin to go down. It gives us sufficient energy to get out of bed. So if you're feeling like, oh man, I just cannot get out of bed in the morning. It doesn't matter how much sleep I'm getting. You need to expose yourself to light first thing in the morning, no sunglasses. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But I wanted to really talk about, you know, tying back in the emphasis of more is better. More blue light exposure is good during the right times of the day, not at night. So great in the morning and afternoon, but not at night. Fourth rule is a sedentary lifestyle. This we need less of. I know I'm talking about more, but we need less of a sedentary lifestyle. I think people think, uh, no, no brainer, right? But have you ever had a day where you just cannot get off the couch? Like you have no energy, no motivation. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Two things, light feeds energy and energy feeds more energy. I think it's Newton's law, but energy feeds energy. So demand your body to make more energy and you will feel better. I work with chronic fatigue clients every day of the week. And it seems almost impossible for them to get off the couch or to get out of bed. But I promise you, if you wake up with the sun, get light into your eyes, eat within 30 minutes of waking, and then just do a little bit of movement to start your day, energy will create more energy. And this is really good news because it doesn't take all that much for the body to start moving. But I was thinking about this as even from just an energetic standpoint, the lymphatic system and movement, right? It's ushering out those toxins. It's moving the lymphatic system so the body can start to wake up and clear out anything that has built up in the body that is not serving you energetically. It is so important to fuel your body, not only with food, but with movement as well. If you need a rule of thumb for this when you're feeling really off and super unmotivated, give yourself 10 seconds 
and wake up yourself either by doing cold exposure in the shower, a cold plunge, or dunking your face in ice water. Yes, a bowl of ice water. That sounds ridiculous. There are so many crazy, insane benefits. It is highly anti-inflammatory. It is so good for just facial puffiness, facial inflammation. But in reality, it's going to wake up the brain. It's going to wake up the body and it's going to give you a really good punch of energy first thing in the morning. And then if you really want to layer that on top with some good icing, you can grab your red light panel or ring light if it's super cloudy outside only and let your eyes indirectly view the light. Then move. I don't care what you do. Grab some small weights, grab no weights, go for a walk, jump up and down, stretch. I don't care. You just need to move. Movement is medicine. There is not one person on this planet that can tell me that they really regretted moving. It's just not true. Especially if we can get outside and compound our movement with light exposure, you are going to be ahead of the curve by most people, by up to 90%, which is sad, but it's true. I think we're on our fifth rule here, and that is complaining. This is a big one for me, not necessarily the complaining part, but what we feed our mind. We are what we consume, quite literally, food, movement, and then also what we are actually intaking. This is something I really need to work on personally, and I think pretty much anybody can say this, but I I really want to spotlight complaining because what you tell your subconscious mind to focus on, it will focus on even harder. So I don't know what you need to do to change this. Maybe it's journal. Maybe it's read. Maybe it's get off of social media, but you need to filter what you consume. And like I said, I'm not, I'm nowhere near perfect. And there's so much going on in our world that it's very, very difficult, but it's something that I really do need to work on. And I think that everybody can do a better job. Okay. Sixth, forcing our body to run on stress hormones is so diet culture. And so five years ago, cortisol and adrenaline break down muscle mass, impair cognitive, cognitive function over time hello focus or lack thereof, and make it very hard to wind down at night. And what's the one thing that we need to properly recover from stress? Sleep. So if you cannot wind down at night, then this is a problem. We need to figure out really good strategies to implement during the day to make sure that we are not running on stress hormones 24-7. Seventh would be this is compounded on stress hormones, pure cardio and fasting, aka forcing your body to run on stress hormones. Unfortunately for women, this is a way, way, way bigger deal than it is for men. Now, I'm not saying that men shouldn't do this or consider this as well, because the reality is we have a lot of stressed out men in our culture as well, and they need to stop running on stress hormones too, because it impacts their testosterone. But what I am saying is women are much more hormonally complex So pure cardio and fasting is really going to impact your energy, your hormones, your mood, and your sleep, especially if you are not syncing your cardio and fasting with your hormonal cycle. I talk a lot about this in my fatigue blueprint program, and I teach women how to work out around the four phases of their cycle. But I'm going to make it really simple for you today. This means not working out in pure cardio and pure fasted states the week before you're menstruating and the week of. 
if you are bleeding, you are not to be working out. That's my rule of thumb. I'm walking, I'm stretching, I'm doing sauna, but I'm not focusing on high intensity workouts. Now, towards the end of that phase, I will gauge how my body feels. And if I'm really feeling like I have a lot of pent up energy that I need to get out of me, then I will do a strength-based workout mixed in with some interval training, but not a lot. You've got to respect your physiology. And I promise the more you work with your body, the body work will work with you back. And the problem is we've been so trained to work against our own physiology that we are burnt out, we're tired, we're frustrated, we're pissy, we don't sleep. And this all is a sick cycle. So if we can step off the cardio and fasting train, I promise you, you're going to feel like a new human. I think we're on the eighth, snacking all day long. This used to be a big trend, and I can see why if you are struggling with some more advanced insulin or hormone issues, at first, we tend to be hungrier all the time. And while Fueling our bodies is very important. We have to look at the global overview of what we're doing when we snack all day. In reality, this is a bad thing for blood sugar. It forces your sugars to spike and then crash, leading you to need more and more food. We need less snacks and more nutrient-dense, satisfying meals rich in protein, rich in fat, good in carbohydrate sources. We need to stop looking at cutting out different food groups or obsessing over how many ratios. Just start eating more nourishing foods. And then as you go along and you're feeling better, you can look at some more of these advanced strategies like macro and micro balancing and those sorts of things. But Typically, when I'm working with a female that's very burnt out, they're very, very overwhelmed. And we just need really good nutrient-dense foods. We like to overcomplicate things. And I'm not sure if this is because it makes us feel more important or more involved. But the reality is simpler is better. It's more sustainable. It's more fun. It's less time-consuming mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it. So just start looking at food as a way to nourish and balance blood sugar. Less snacking, more fuel at mealtime. And then I I don't know. I'm so bad when I do these number things, but I think it's ninth. Eating excess sugar in isolation. This is the key. People are, sugar's bad, sugar's bad, sugar's bad. The reality is you need to look at your source, obviously. But sugar is not the enemy, especially for female. Sugar can be very calming sometimes. It's the source and the strategy by which you are actually consuming sugar. You always need to pair your sugars with a protein or a fat. And the reason being is that way you are not spiking your blood sugar up like the top of a roller coaster and then crashing down like the bottom. Proteins and fats stabilize sugar. So if you want a really good strategy for sufficient energy all day long, always make sure you are pairing your carbs with a protein or fat. It's that simple. Now, you're probably asking, you're telling me all these things that we shouldn't be doing anymore. What should we be doing? And I'm so glad you're thinking this because I would never leave you guys with a list of things that you shouldn't be doing without telling you what exactly I would do in its place. So now we're going to dive into that. What can you do differently that will actually move the needle in your health? The basics. 
Eat within 45 minutes of waking up. Add salt and minerals to your water. You don't have to add salt. You could drink coconut water, naturally occurring electrolytes. We want to refeed the sodium potassium pump, right? We want to balance out the adrenals that way. Kick this toxic self-care products, lotions, shampoos, dry shampoo, makeup, tanners, perfumes. I mean, I could go on and on and even cleaning care products. These will wreck your hormones and they are most of them are cancer causing. If you want some good recommendations, I would start with Thieves, Non-Toxic Cleaning, which is by Young Living, and then Beauty Counter for self-care product. I like to make this simple and send people to like one or two places instead of like going in 90 different directions. But if you wanted more options than that from a makeup perspective, I love Ilia and I love Kosa's. Avoid refined foods, cakes, um, donuts, highly refined processed foods, fried foods. You know what those are. And then the most important part is make sure you are eliminating at least a minimum of one time a day. Yes, pooping one time a day. If you are not digesting and eliminating, you are recycling toxins back into the body. And this right here is how so many women become estrogen dominant because their digestion is impaired. They need to eliminate toxins, but they can't. So they are just recycling all those toxins back into the body. So if you're not eliminating at least one time at minimum every single day, you have got to figure out what is going on where you can optimize your digestion. My first rule of thumb every morning is drinking warm lemon water on an empty stomach with a probiotic-rich food or a probiotic capsule just to get things moving along in the right direction. No pun intended. And then nourishment. What is nourishment? I think that this is a, a big topic, but in my mind, true nourishment is breaking your fast with blood sugar stabilizing foods, increasing protein daily, drinking enough water with minerals, and truly approaching your plate with gratitude instead of restriction, guilt, and really just dogmatic views around food. If you can free your mind to truly enjoy what's in front of you and know that it's nourishing your body, I like to take 80% of my nutrition as a win. And the less, you know, 20%, I'm not going all out, but I am enjoying it. It's sometimes you eat for function and sometimes you eat for fun. So if you're winning 80% of the time, that's a really good statistic. Now, some people would say a 90-10 split is a little bit better. And if you can do that, great, go for it. But if not, you're going to do all right. You're going to make some big strides and you're going to have some major wins. Now, one rule of thumb is the most underrated form of self-care ever, and that is daily walks. People look at me when I walk around my neighborhood like I have a third eyeball. And that's because walking has become so abnormal in our culture. I think I live in Texas and it's very foreign. We don't have a lot of public like walkways or transportation. So when you go outside and you're walking just for fun or just to have exercise into your day, I think people are very taken aback by that. But if you look at other cultures like Europe, 
they're walking like minimum 30 to 40,000 steps a day. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go out and do that. But what I am saying is ideally two 20-minute walks a day stacked with unfiltered sun exposure. This is going to create so much good forward momentum for you that you're going to be really, I think, shocked if you commit to doing this for one month straight. You're not even going to really recognize your energy states anymore or complain about half the things that you used to. Because walking is one of the best forms of exercise is that it's non-stressful, it's low intensity, it lowers blood pressure, regulates the nervous system, it regulates heart rate, and it is so good for the brain and the eyes to be exposed to normal, natural movement that is non-stressful and you're getting exposed to light exposure at the same time. There's not a lot of things in life that have that many benefits that don't wreck the body, like in some way or the other, like high intensity training or strength training. Go out and walk every single day. Even if that's the only thing that you start doing differently, I think you're going to be shocked at your results. Optimizing sleep quality via exercise. Now, I know we just talked about walking. But we cannot leave exercise off the table. I talked about this earlier in the episode, but energy creates more energy. How does exercise impact sleep quality, though? Sleep, weight loss, and hormone balance have a symbiotic relationship with exercise. The length of your workout will impact the quality of your sleep. So the longer you work out, not to exceed 90 minutes, directly impacts the time it takes you to fall asleep. That's just one benefit. So if you have a problem nodding off to sleep at night, you need to start moving your body more. And why exactly does exercise improve sleep? Immune factors go up. Growth hormone goes up. HGH hormones. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor, also known as BDNF, goes up. Temperature regulation balances out and it resets your circadian rhythm. Get this, high-intensity interval training combined with strength workouts improves sleep quality by upwards of 26%. And low-intensity neat movement, just like walking or stretching, increase sleep quality by 15%. That's pretty wild if you think about just moving your body in a non-stressful way, even if you can't, you know, do it consistently, but like I'm talking three days a week, will improve your sleep quality by up to 26%. It's pretty incredible. This is my favorite one. I have a the, you know, informal, non, like, yeah, informal sun club of Holy Well. So sun exposure daily. Even if there is cloud cover, meaning when it's gray and overcast, Those are the days you need light more than anything for motivation, for energy. You know how it feels. No matter what, there are always light photons coming through the clouds and it takes longer for adequate sun exposure, but just bump up your light timer to 20 minutes on a cloudy day and 30 minutes on a very overcast day. And be sure to take off your sunglasses. Circadian training for optimizing hormones is a real thing. So this is why I'm so incredibly passionate about it, because if you want to start balancing out your hormones, you have to start with the eyes and the pituitary. Most hormone imbalances 
are started in the pituitary. Looking in the direction of the morning sun, even with cloud cover, is more effective for setting your sleep-wake rhythm than not facing it at all. You do not have to literally see the sun. It is the light which permeates cloud cover that really matters here. That's really going to help reset the circadian rhythm. So if you struggle to get out of bed and you just have no energy, how it doesn't matter how long you sleep. First thing in the morning, you need to literally wake up and go outside and sit in unfiltered sun for 10, minim- 10 minutes at minimum every single day and at sunset every single night. You are going to feel like a new person when you do this continuously, repeatedly with discipline. And it's not that hard. You literally just go and sit outside and let your eyes wake up to the natural light. The other thing is for hormone balance. Our livers can get really backed up. And a lot of things that I like to tell my female clients is we need to love on our liver. How do you do this? You can apply castor oil over your liver at night, or you can simply start integrating dandelion root tea and maca. Maca is a root, and it's really good for vital energy and liver health and really good for a sluggish liver. And then third and finally is our brains intake so much during the day, but they have no output. And especially in the culture with social media and us being glued to our phones 24 hours a day, we need to output as much as we input. So you've got to figure out a way that you can do this. Maybe it's an evening walk alone without your phone. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's brain dumping. But you've really got to focus on mental health and looking at the intangible concepts of health just as much as you look at the tangible ones because they matter more probably than the ones that we can actually grasp with our hands, with our eyes, right? Those things that are elusive or non-tangible can really impact the nervous system and really impact the way that we think and approach and view our lives. So if you're constantly feeding on negativity or you're in a job where you're just intaking a lot of information every single day, or you're a mom and you have just stimulus 24-7, you've got to figure a way for yourself to output information as much as you're inputting information. Because if we don't have an effective strategy of what to do with that information, it's going to leave us feeling very paralyzed, very anxious, and very out of control. So those are my big holy well rules for better energy, for better mood, for better sleep, for better nourishment in general. And I told you guys that I was going to have a... uh, a big announcement at the end. And that is the Holy Well podcast is going on a pause for quite some time. This has been a very, very difficult decision for me, but there is a lot of change going on behind the scenes here. And I'm really having to decide where I put the most amount of energy, effort. And right now it's just the best decision that I've had to make for myself and my family. And I'm very hopeful that I will be able to reconvene the show in the months to come. I'm not sure when that will be, but I just wanted to take this time to say thank you so much. If you have taken the time to listen to any amount of episodes or every single episode or just one episode, your time is valuable and it's the most precious currency, especially in today's day and age. And so I just wanted to take the time to say thank you for being here. Thank you for entrusting me with your time, with your 
uh, learning and I just really appreciate you taking time out of your day to follow along on the Holy Well podcast. I will still be hanging out on Instagram at holy.well. You can subscribe to my emails and I hope to see you guys in the future. And I hope that you'll continue listening to episodes. Um, If you haven't caught up on previous episodes, I would highly encourage you to do that. And I will be sure to uh, formally announce when the show will be reconvening. So for today, that's a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed the Holy Well rules. They are rules that I live by every single day, and they are what have healed me over time. Well, friends, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Holy Well podcast. It means the world to me that you took time out of your day to join me here. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. My hope and prayer is that these conversations lead you toward a life that truly is more abundant. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode for a free gift I have for you for listening. And I'd love to connect more. If we're not connected on Instagram yet, you can find me at holy.well. As always, don't forget, you have what it takes to live a life that is holy well.